This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey guys, and welcome to Criminality, the podcast where we know, thank goodness this week, Rebecca, loving reality TV and following hashtags like Scandaval is not a crime. Rebecca, how are you? Reporting for duty. Not well, B. <laughs> this has been too much. <laughs> this has been too much, Melissa. How have the last, so we're recording this on Wednesday, five days of your life, how have they been? How have you coped? How have you done things besides read articles about the scandal of it all? Ariana and Tom break up, affairs ensue, madness, the Raquel of it all. Yeah, it's been hard. It's been hard to reprioritize my entire life around this. I've managed to. I've let a lot go, including my family. They're on their own, you know? work i I wish them well i i do i do go in peace but um join me or go in peace is where (laughs) we're at and you know i wanted i was embarrassed about it the first couple days but when the new york times published an article i thought well now you guys can all feel left out and like the dum-dums who aren't paying attention to real critical cultural moments vindication (laughs) absolutely like good my husband's gonna read about this on the subway on his way to work like as he should so i'm feeling great exactly how are you doing? Honestly, I'm living. I am really <laughs> you thriving are. <laughs> in this sort of environment. It's the best thing is though, Rebecca, like, first of all, you and I don't go to sleep really early. So I will find the most unhinged things at like 1130. And I'm like, I'm gonna send it. And you'll write back within 30 seconds, OMG, and then immediately Off reply with something else. Mm-hmm. So it's been very great. I don't know how I would have survived this week without you because I I don't I don't know who else could have same. put up with Absolute this. same. And you know what? You and I, we, you know, I'm excited to talk about it here on Criminality on the show today, but we're not like we're going to post about it, but we're not like there and we're so thankful, but there are accounts oh whose job is to like constantly be creating content around this stuff and people had emergency mm-hmm. episodes and I'm so grateful for all of them cuz I consumed so all of much. it, but that's not necessarily Absolutely. your and my like lane so Mm -hmm. it was just good to have you to communicate and message with and we had listeners messaging too and that was really fun to to communicate with people but we did want to just spend a couple minutes on this here because because it's so big and I know all the reasons why it's important but I'm still trying to get my head around why it has transcended like every other cheating scandal we've lived through survived um we are hashtags. Yeah, we can mark yes. ourselves safe, as you so eloquently <laughs> put it yesterday. We are marked safe from Scandaval. But like, what sets this one apart in your mind? Like, have you been able to like get your head around that? That's a good question because if you even think Vanderpump Rules hasn't been in, in its heyday for several right? years, right? This year it's definitely coming around. Yes. So you know, 
it's been an exciting season already. But it's like these, first of all, these people are messy and always throw it all out there. Yep. You've got like, we have seasons of stuff of uh, Kristen and Jax yep. sleeping together with Drive On, watching the movie Drive while Tom Sandoval's in the other room. Yep. We have Jax and Faith's sleeping together in front of maybe a hospice patient. I can't really remember that story <laughs> exactly. There but was like, someone that was unwell, yeah. They have no problem putting it all out there. Yeah. So when we find out that two main characters on this show, one who we all kind of felt bad for, that's the thing. We've been bamboozled. That's we right. We felt kind of bad for her when we find out that not only did they sleep together, which happens all the time on this show, there's yeah. just – and like there's just genitals are – swirling around here like yes in out wherever but we find out that it's a seven month long affair right it's different it's different and it's i think you're hitting on it it's the cover-up because because the cover they also are like they're just flagrant like they're so out there with all of this and i will say like cheating is not it's not a new thing on the show right. you know and even the way ariana and tom got together but I will say what's also different is like their ages and their stage of life and relationship. Like Tom and Ariana are together in a very concrete, long-term relationship with ups and downs that we have all witnessed that are very real, you know, like they go through things that couples go through and like, right. so I think that's a difference too, is like, they kind of can't blame it on being like 20 something anymore. And I know Raquel is 20 something, but like Ariana and Tom, Tom, let's say Tom is yeah. not, yeah. um, He's 39, allegedly. So <laughs> there's just so many things about it. And also, I think everyone underestimated Ms. Rachel. Rachel. Uh, you know, facts. Tr the truth is out there and it's coming out by the minute. And so but I guess we should just skip to the most recent because I feel like everyone's going to be way up to speed sure, on like sure. all the things that developed through the weekend. But just since yesterday, um, you know, I think what was contested was maybe this Sheena Raquel physical altercation in New York yeah. after Watch What Happens Live when Sheena went so, you know, out of her way to like side with Raquel on that show. And they came off as very much like in sync, good friends. And as I pointed out to you, Andy said on that on Watch What Happens Live, wow, Raquel, I didn't know you had it in you. In reference yeah. to saying something totally different. Like she wasn't apologetic about um, Wait, didn't Ariana say it too? She said it at like a lunch with Katie. Right, right. That's what Everyone's Andy was surprised. referencing to. Because oh, okay. she goes, he said, um, do you, it was like, do you regret it? And it was like telling Katie straight up, you want to make out with Tom. And she's like, no, I don't right. regret it. And he's like, wow, I didn't know you had it in you. And I'm like, whoa, those words, like he didn't even know the half of it at that point. But then there were rumors that there was a, like, Sheena basically clocked Raquel at a bar yes. after but it was right. kind of debunked and I, people were saying alleged and nobody knew but now Raquel should we go with Rachel or Raquel I kind of like we're calling her Rachel. out yeah I like, I like rock her. too that was my like rock favorite mm -hmm. yeah so Rachel rocks lawyer sends a um restraint files for a restraining order against Sheena and so that either means like she's really digging her heels into a lie about it or that it really happened and this is maybe her way of getting out of the reunion yeah because she's not going to be able to be within six feet of her if it's mm -hmm. if it's granted and then i think i read this morning that it was granted Did it was you? granted yeah mm -hmm. so our friend what? brian with so bad it's good he he posted it this morning you know he's all over it Ugh. so um it's at the forefront all over it yeah. yes he is boots on the ground and um 
Yeah, so it was granted, which I say we reschedule the reunion until it's lifted because I need them all there. That might be what I'm most actively mad about right now is that she is getting people around her that are going to make this easier for her. Mm. And and Tom too. I'm wondering how he's going to get out of it. Um, I already read, I forget what I read about what his excuse is going to be. Oh, he's pulling some stunts on set right now, like refusing to film because things didn't go his way in a scene with her. And, you know, I don't know. This is just, this is the rub. Like you've kind of chosen to put this all out there. And now these, this is like what you have to, you've made your bed. Now he has to literally yeah. lie on it on camera. But then there's like the extra, sorry, last thing we've been trying to, you know. we, we have discussed this thoroughly <laughs> all week. So you'd think we'd have nothing else to say, but I could go on and forever. Yet. <laughs> and yet here we are. But I think there's another piece to it that this has not been proven. It could just be a total lie and just a coincidence. But the whole Tom Schwartz of it all was Tom mm -hmm. Schwartz, was he a red herring in this whole thing? And was her kind of acting like she wants a relationship with him cover up because she was actually having a relationship with Tom Sandoval? And I think I wasn't on this boat, and I know people are saying that now, but, like, you'll never catch me saying how great Tom Sandoval was. Like, oh, I thought he yeah. was fine, but, yeah, like, yeah. compared Same. to Jax, that was all I was comparing it to. Oh, compared right. to DJ James Kennedy, you know, right. spitting on Kristen's door. That's what I was low, yeah. Very low. But thinking that the people that have been on this season, like, he's just so hot. He's he's this. I love his cover band. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. You guys knew you were losing it when you got to that. But I don't remember where I was going with that. But basically, the Tom Schwartz of it all is very interesting because it does seem like, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can, like, yeah. look into things and make it how you want to. But there's a lot of interviews with the two of them where they talk about Raquel, and it seems like... There's an unspoken there. something. I yeah. I agree. And okay, so we're recording this on Wednesday. You guys are going to hear this Friday. We'll all have watched the latest episode of Underpump oh by then. Can you even like I got a the flutter visual in my heart when you said that of the, the visual of the audience watching that show? We are like whiteboards out, magnifying glasses, pausing, rewinding, relit. Like that is what we're all about to yeah. embark on tonight. And our households better get ready for it. <sighs> I saw where, or I heard Ronnie and uh, Ben talking about this, and they did a great job on their oh, episode. They sure did. It was like a bonus episode, but they were talking about it, and they were saying, I think it was Ben that said, I think this is who it was, um, that the editors are going to basically need to re-edit stuff, like to show us yeah. these little things that the poor right. editors are going to be working overtime, all of them, but like they gave us a couple crappy seasons, so we deserve this for sticking sticking with it for however many absolutely years. yeah i and came they in, in like the thrilled. third I mean, season for this i was a late bloomer yeah no this is like i would be excited if i was working on that show i'd be like True. oh we've got a really cool creative problem on our hands that we get to like go tackle. <laughs> um, lives are ruined i don't know but let's get <laughs> <Just> to <me>. editing <laughs> um yeah no it's just i mean this i'm yeah it's just a whole lot and we also did come up with a couple quick fun yes. ideas for maybe some shirts and stickers and just markers of the time for a time such as this. So we are going to quickly get those put up on some new merch. Um, and we'll have like a bigger new spring merch drop coming, but we do want to have some, some memorabilia from this, 
from this This is season. a money by Monday situation. Like this is you right. are living through it's, it and you have to yep. memorialize what we're going with, what we're dealing Time with. Time is of the essence. Yeah. So actually right now it is all live. So criminalityshow.com slash merch. And you like us can um, wear your, you know, show you're a proud survivor of, of the scandal. Yeah. Okay, Rebecca. I loved that every single second of that. But now would you like to turn and go into this week's episode? More than you know, as exciting as it is to talk about this, I need a I need to put my brain elsewhere for like an hour. So please let's do this. Don't remember my clues, but here oh, do you remember them? Yeah, because they were all oh, yeah, like very yeah. similar, right? Wasn't it like singer, dancer, cheerleader? Yes, you got it. Okay. okay. Well, right. there are my clues. And so a lot of you guessed, Rebecca, you guessed. This week, we are speaking about Paula Abdul. And Rebecca, before we get started, do you have any feelings or opinions on Paula Abdul? What do you know about her? Oh, I sure do. Um, but there is a huge chasm between what my first impression of her and then my most recent one. So uh, she was one of my first cassette tapes. Nice. For sure. I remember like, I don't remember what grade, but it was definitely at a grade where I still had parties at my house. Like people came over with presents and we played games. So it was like mm -hmm. under sixth or seventh grade. Got the straight up album, if that was the title of it, but it was the one where that song was on it. Loved Great. her, obsessed, knew the dances, really, really into her. Yeah. And then all of life went by and I don't really, didn't really think about her until yeah. she was back on American Idol. And so I think beyond those two things, everything I'm going to learn today is going to be almost new information. So I'm psyched. Perfect. Then this is a great way to kick it off. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Paul Abdul was born on June 19th, 1962 in San Fernando, California. 62. I thought she was older. You is thought she was older? older? That sounds older Hold on, 62. to me. And I'm old. 50. That's Does 17 that years older than me. Okay. Here's the thing. I skipped in my brain a whole decade. Like 2000 to 2010 doesn't exist in my uh -huh. brain. And no, mathematically, I, I don't do that. So, okay, I get that. this sounds right. But in my head, I was thinking it meant 51. But 61 no. sounds about right. 61. That that I'm surprised by that. But I guess it makes sense. Okay. I okay. think it's the fact. Who knows? She could be lying like Tom Sandoval about her age. So she grew up in a Jewish family, was the daughter of a man named Harry Abdul, who was of Syrian and Jewish uh who was a Syrian and Jewish immigrant, rather. And her mom, Lorraine, was Canadian. She was also huh. Jewish. And she was a concert pianist. Pianist. I never say that word right. And, like, I go into it, like, kind of holding my breath and being like, I'm going to look for your eyebrows. If your eyebrows change, I'll know <laughs> nope, I got it wrong. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. So when Paula's seven years old, her parents are divorced. And she and her sister, Wendy, move with their mom to the San Fernando Valley. So I guess another part of California. I don't know California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. West Coast. That's what I know. So Paula is already showing a love for all things dancing at, at seven years old. She's been dancing. She's been performing since she was like for four years at this point. So since she was three, basically, she was taking ballet lessons. And later on, she'd add tap, jazz, modern dance, all of those things. Were you a ballet kid? Yes. Yeah. I was. Ballet, gymnastics, um, all of it. Yep. Yeah. I did ballet and then our church had tambourine. So oh. I don't mean to rub that in your face, but I Cute. was quite good on the tambourine. 
there's not much you can do, but I could do like where your thumb kind of makes a noise going around it. So oh, make a joyful that's noise. Next level. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I'll see your tambourine and raise you um, a spoon because at a talent show when I was too young to play any instrument, I'm like, I'll play the spoons because I think I knew some from somewhere that okay, was a thing. So okay. I got two spoons and I put my finger between them and like tapped them on my thighs, <laughs> like full on church talent show. And was like, I play the spoons. I love apparently. it. Apparently. Um, so yeah, we all have. Our- I love the confidence to just make it up. That's awesome. Okay. So back to Paula. <laughs> So Paula is a member of her high school cheerleading squad that tracks, right? And she wastes no time really figuring out what she wants in life. She wants to be a dancer. She wants to be a choreographer. That's like what she's going to do. So she, at 18 years old, auditions for the Los Angeles Lakers, the cheerleading squad, and she was accepted. She beat out hundreds of other women and was just a total natural. When you think of her beginnings, though, it is kind of wild to me, like how we know her now. And she started off being like the halftime show, one of many members of a halftime show for a professional ba- basketball team right. in the 80s. Yeah. Right? I mean, like to still have this staying power, she's she's done really amazing. For sure. But that was a real good springboard for so many things like the Laker girls. Like those were – they. that was – there was a time it was like that Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. If you were yep. one of those, it was kind of like a reality star. Like you've now got your foot in the door to do totally. bigger and better things. Yep. Like colon cleanses, selling those things on Instagram. <laughs> yes. You're set up. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so during her time with the Lakers, Paula goes way beyond just being a dancer there. She is known for her choreography skills. She's creating routines and the Lakers cheerleading squad squad loves them. They're very innovative. They're exciting. There's something different. Like she brings something that other people didn't have, which maybe is personality. I don't know. Cause yeah, I don't know what you can she has bring. A spunk. She brings it. She has a spunk and a sparkle. <laughs> so Paula's time as a Lakers cheerleader was also notable because she was one of the very few women of color on the squad at the time, which was a very big deal. So Paula would go on to cheer for the Lakers for six years, but it's what came from her time as a Laker that we really know her for, what kind of springboarded her into the life we have. So one cool thing about Paula's time with the Lakers is that it meant really the, the eyes of the entertainment world are on her. These are actors. These are musicians. All of that. They want to be seen and be at these Laker events. So, of course, what a great way if you want to be in the entertainment industry. Everyone's, everyone sees what you're made of. It's literally Absolutely. a talent show every week, right? Yeah. And although she really wanted to pursue this career in uh, choreography – and ultimately she would, she was also getting called into the LA Lakers office for job offers for things like TV commercials and even even TV shows. Like it was definitely a springboard for these girls at the time, as we were saying. So eventually though, at one of the Lakers games in 1984, she is told that the members of some members of the Jackson family would like to meet with her. Oh my gosh. These are like Jackson five, like Uh some of them, they're watching her. They love her. And they say, Hey, we'd like to fly you out to New York so you can choreograph one of our music videos. And this of course is like the biggest thing she's ever done. Like think of Jackson five in the eighties. Like it doesn't get like much bigger. I mean, no. Yeah. So Paula flies out to New York and she choreographs routines for the videos, victory and torture. And of this experience, she said really the only issue she had, she's very young. She's like 
under 24, I think, at this time. Oh, my gosh. Her issue was telling the Jackson family how to dance. Like, she's like, I can choreograph it. I can do this. But telling them, like, you're doing this wrong and having to – can you imagine? Like – No, absolutely I couldn't not. do it. I'd be like, perfect, perfect. Everything yeah. <laughs> kick more, do that. I like it, and then everybody would. When fire you fell, me within minutes. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, do it again. We're, we're all gonna fall this in. time. We're all yeah, gonna we're fall. We're working it in. <laughs> so just a year later, so she's kind of you know starting to make a name for herself, but that was like the big thing on her uh, resume at that point. But a year later, a different Jackson family member reaches out, totally separate from this, and that's Janet Jackson. And so she is asked to actually help Janet improve her dancing skills. And also she wanted her to choreograph various music videos for the Control album. So can you imagine? So not only are they like, we want you to create some of these dances, but like she's good but could be better and you need to be the one to teach her how to dance. I I truly can't imagine. I Also, it's such a fine line because when you're already a star like Janet Jackson and you're bringing in a choreographer, it's like – you have to walk a line of like not overpowering and outshining, but she becomes yeah. a star in her own right. So this is so juicy. It's yeah, it's pretty wild. So being Janet's personal dance instructor, as well as her choreographer for all of the videos over her album, any of these that needed a, that had a video that was released, she was the choreographer. Um, obviously, helps Paula's career immensely. She is quickly the choreographer out there, right? She begins choreographing routines for bands like ZZ Top and the Pointer Sisters, which I was like, huh, I think I could choreograph the Pointer Sisters. (laughs) Right? Yeah, but think about where they must have been before. True, true. (laughs) (laughs) And so she also did the choreography for the movies The Running Man and Coming to America. Like she was the choreographer. It's amazing. And while she loved this career as a choreographer, she had dreams herself of being a singer. And she has connections at this point. It's not so wild. It's not Kim Zolciak and Big Papa, that pipeline to get to (laughs) singing. Like, she knows the freaking Jacksons. Yeah. And so she says that she idolized Liza Minnelli because Liza Minnelli is a singer and she's a dancer and performer. And so for her, I know when I saw that, I was like, huh, is this a very 80s reference? Yeah. The article was definitely from the 80s. Yeah. And so, but she's under the wing of Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. And so (laughs) she, (laughs) and so this article that I found in the, uh, in the LA Times rather from like 1984, in it, the author writes, and this is about her uh, singing career that she's trying to kick off, quote, Abdul can't do it all quite yet. Her singing still needs some polish. And he goes on to say that it's like just dance music that she's wanting to sing. Her voice isn't really important to this album that she's making, to which mm. Paula basically says in the same article, duh, she said that, you know, <laughs> her voice has room for improvement like that wasn't she knows she's not where she needs to be yet which at the same time I'm like then why are you trying to sell us all an album if you're like I can't for who is that not true of like most pop stars like Adele right excluding the ones who literally are known just for their voice like the Aguilera Adele Beyonce like Britney Spears okay I can only it's all like performing 
yeah, yeah performance it's like the package yeah. it's mm-hmm. you know so i don't know you're being very kind about this so so far uh, i reserve the right <laughs> to change my mind but part of of course what even gives her a shot at creating an album was thanks to janet jackson Because of the success of Janet's Control album, labels are now looking for these female R&B dancing singers and Paula Fitzsabelle, right? So because she was able to make help make Janet Jackson's album such a success, they're like, we need more women dancing, also singing R&B. And it's it's perfect. So that's really kind of how she got uh, into singing. Like they basically needed more people like that. And so Janet gave Paula moral support, but it doesn't sound like she was trying to sign Paula to anything because you'd think if she was like mm. so good, she'd be like, I'm going to get you signed with this label. And instead, Janet was like, yay. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. <laughs> Supporting you from the sideline. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's like that tricky line. Like, I don't know if she wanted to put her money where her mouth was with her, if she felt like that confident about it or if it would be too close to competing with her. I don't know. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. I felt like it was more like, I'm going to put my name on the line for this. You can Right. Maybe she doesn't really have it. Tell me how to move. But when Paula does actually have an album, uh, Forever Your Girl is released. And yes, the first single, Knocked Out, was written by L.A. and Babyface. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's a dud. That song is a dud. Nobody listens to that song. I love that song. You know that song? Okay. It didn't I'm do well. Your girl. Hey, baby. No, that one's great. Oh. That one's great. But Knocked not Out the is the one they wrote. Oh, Knocked Out. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I thought we were talking about Forever Girl. I'm like, how is that no. not a hit? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, hold on. Okay. I was like, how do you know Knocked Out? You definitely <laughs> wore out that cassette. So later on, the song Straight Up comes out, which yes. basically <gasps> makes Paula Abdul Liza Minnelli, including her connection to the Jackson family. <laughs> they both have connections. What was it? Michael Jackson acted as Liza's best man in her wedding to um, David Guest. Wow. That's amazing, Melissa. He was the best man. And my favorite, sorry, this is a total aside, but my favorite, one of my favorite reality clips of all time, um, Kim from People Are Wild told me about this. It's when New York, Tiffany Pollard is her actual name, but I respect her and call her New York. When she was on Big Brother UK, David Guest was also on there. And there's a clip I will send you. It's a couple minutes long, but I promise you it's worth it, where she thinks David Guest has died in the house, the Big Brother house, while they are there. That isn't what happened. It was a miscommunication, but it's (laughs) wild. It's it's the most amazing television. And and I I watch it about once a month. It just brings me constant joy he is dead now but at the time he was not dead right 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 so we can yeah enjoy it okay sorry knowing that so back to liza minnelli paula abdul (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) sorry about that naturally (laughs) so the album forever your girl also includes the hit singles cold-hearted i don't know that one snake oh look into his eyes Uh uh-oh he's been telling lies the love of boy i play he don't play by rules i mean oh yeah this was Are we like get sued for <laughs> that amazing talent singing that part of that song. Oh, cold hearted! Oh my gosh, immediately took me back. Ah, and the other song, of course, being "Opposites Attract." It ain't fiction, just a natural fact. Yep, that okay. was the crazy video with the cat. Oh, 
was it? <laughs> I was going to say, Rebecca, is there anything you remember about this song or rather this video? And you nailed it. Do you remember the name of this animated cat from the Opposites Attract video? No. Don't. MC Scat Cat. <laughs> MC Scat Cat is his name. Yeah. Of course it was. Okay. So MC Scat Cat is kind of a basic name, I think. So <laughs> yeah. I asked Chatbot GPT for five better names for Chat. Yes. <laughs> MC yes, Scat Cat. It gave me the following list. Number one, okay. Meow Mixmaster. Mm-hmm. Not great. Okay. Number two, the Feline Funkster. Ooh. I enjoyed that one. Number three, DJ Whiskers. Nope. N- number four, MC Clawsome. And m- my personal favorite, number five, Mr. Meowgi. That no. was good. That was oh, good. I, I like liked Mr. Meowgi. Come on. I like that one. So mi- that MC is, Scat That is great. Cat. What yeah. an excellent use of uh, the chat. I mean, it's going to take over the world and ruin our lives, but I'm going to get my entertainment worth in the meantime, Rebecca. Use it. No, it's just a tool. We're still the artists. <laughs> Keep saying it. <laughs> I like that. Did did Chatbot GPT tell you to say that? <laughs> yes. I am ChatGPT. <laughs> so really we can't beat MC Scat Cat. Even Chatbot GPT technically can't yeah. beat it because yeah. MC Scat Cat. Come on. Either way, it's one of the most iconic videos ever. Iconic as in yep. it actually won a freaking Grammy for best wow. short form music video in 1991. Mr. Wow. Miyagi could never. So Rebecca, <laughs> that is too close this... to Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I know, but that's the the beauty of it, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Come on, I love it. Okay. It's growing on me. It's growing. On okay, me. okay. Well, at this point, Paula Abdul is not only the most in demand choreographer, but she is a bona fide star. And as a star, yeah. it only makes sense that you date another star, and that's exactly what happened. Do you have any idea of her romantic? Uh people people that she was involved with you're gonna say the names and i'm gonna instantly remember seeing them in like the bop magazines and like yeah teen whatever so yeah go ahead and tell me i can't remember who she dated technically the only one i took from this list was the one she married which was emilio estevez she oh, married of course. him of course in 1992 yeah they divorced two years later because according to paula she wanted to have kids he didn't He actually already had two kids and uh, from a previous relationship that included a $2 million paternity suit. So probably best for her to have ended this. Wasn't going to end well. So she basically dodged a bullet with this one. And if she had been with Emilio Estevez's brother, Charlie Sheen, she could have dodged (laughs) an actual bullet, which is basically (laughs) what happened with him and Kelly Preston, RIP. But that's a whole story in itself. Wow. Uh, Well done. So in 1994, amidst her divorce for Emilio, Paula actually seeks treatment for bulimia. She's been very uh, open about her struggles with bulimia throughout her career. And she said that these struggles actually began in her teenage years. It continued on throughout her life. It's something obviously she still has to work um, towards recovery for that. Yeah. And while Paula was continuing her journey after her divorce and this treatment for her eating disorder, Paula falls in love once again. And this is in 1996. She marries a man named Brad Beckerman. Heard of him? Nope. Me either. He, this was a short-lived marriage. They call it quits 17 months in. He was like a designer of some sort. It was okay. 
you know, she tried love again, didn't work for her. So Paula is this in-demand singer and choreographer. She's been unlucky in love, but lucky with the Jacksons. And after the break, we're going to get into the American Idol of it all. Oh, good. Okay, so before the break, we were talking about Paula's life pre-American Idol and the success she found in the 90s and 80s. But early 2000s, late 90s, we don't see her nearly as much as we did earlier in her career, right? But things changed for Paula. In 2002, she became a judge on the TV show American Idol. Rebecca, do you were you an American Idol head? Is that something you enjoyed ever? I was, yeah, I wasn't an American Idol head as you referred to it, if that's a thing. But um, I remember going on vacation with my parents and them saying, "You have to watch this show that we just have gotten into. Mm-hmm. It's a singing competition." And I was like, "What?" Well, like, you know, my parents are setting it up. I'm already like, "Nope, not gonna like it." Already out. Yep. And then I watched it, and it was like, kind of, you know. We've talked about this before. I like these singing competitions. I do struggle with watching dreams get dashed, oh, and that's a big yeah. part of it. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I had I was never like a religious follower, but I definitely followed the first couple seasons and the big breakout stars. Yeah, from it. yes, that makes sense. From what I understand, American Idol is still a thing today, but mm-hmm. I don't think kids today get the magnitude that it was in those early days. They it definitely would make don't. A career, yes. right? American Idol has produced some of the biggest names in music early right. on, as we said, including Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, yep. who was the biggest in country music. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. But it also gave us a feature film from Justin to Kelly, which I don't know exactly what that was about. But I do know <laughs> that Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini, America's favorite number two, yep. were in that movie. But Rebecca, I was not a huge American Idol head either. I did watch the first few seasons, kind Mm -hmm. of up to like maybe the Clay Aiken area, something like that. And then it was kind of, I was like, all right, I've done this. Um, So I wasn't the biggest fan, but I did have a favorite contestant. And if you would, I just sent you a video of my all-time favorite contestant. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay. Cruising in my coop, my mind is made up. I have to find a girl that can make my breath stop. Who can make my walls rock me sensitive on top? Like I said, my mind is made up. Why don't you come around so my heart can hear your sweet, sweet sunshine? Hey, girl, I gotta confess. You are the sweetest princess. Hey, girl, I gotta confess. You are the sweetest princess. <laughs> oh, security. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I know. MC Scat Cat has nothing on eccentric. That feels like a personification of that cat character. It's <laughs> so weird. It's like if AI created him. Yes. Yes. If AI created a, a human version. Who was the blonde lady at the table? Um, Olivia Newton-John. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't get a good. It's very grainy. No, um, it is. Okay. The it's longer old. video, you can see her um, okay. pretty clearly. But yeah, that was like one of the guest judges, I guess. Yes. They yes. So yes, anyway. Yes. That's, That's so weird. I don't remember how I like. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh, it's just a fun one for me. So Paula is picked to be one of the judges on American Idol alongside Simon Cowell and Randy Jackson. And American Idol is like a phenomenon. Its finale yep. in the first season garnered more than 22 million viewers. Crazy. And suddenly American Idol is everywhere. Simon Cowell becomes a household name. We're all members of Randy Jackson's Dog Pound and Paula's Clap. <laughs> 
That's right. That's right. Will be recreated for years to come. It's a very specific Nicole Kidman-esque clap that she does. <laughs> <laughs> and as the eyes of the world are on American Idol, which sounds kind of sinister, the money's big, the fame's big, and like I said, the eyes are actually on these judges, the contestants. It's everywhere. And people yeah. today... The youths don't understand like what a big deal. This is like all we had. Right. And it was before all the competing shows. So like exactly. there was no voice. There was no anything else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so in 2004, during her stint on American Idol, it becomes tabloid news because now Paul Abdul's out there. And so we're hearing anything that, you know, these judges do, we're hearing about. And we find out that she's been involved in a hit and run accident that leads to allegations of drunk driving. So allegedly, Paula is driving her Mercedes when she hits another car on the Los Angeles freeway, and then she leaves the scene of an accident. So ooh, she kind of was changing lanes, hits the other car, doesn't stop, keeps going. But in 2004, this guy had a cell phone that he was able to take a picture of the car, which in itself is like a miracle. I didn't know we were doing that then. Right. He took down the tag number calls the police and the police go speak to Paula and this was a few days later so they say basically hey did you hit somebody on the freeway and keep driving and she's like what day was it and they told her she's like oh my car was in the shop that wasn't me meanwhile she picture lied. tag they oh confirmed gosh. it was never in the shop um and uh-huh. yeah they asked for like a a comment from her people magazine did and her rep was like sorry she's in malaysia she can't give you one no no charges happen but the person that got hit kind of got a cool story i guess i mean i hope they had good insurance but nothing really yeah. came of that that's crazy you can just lie no well and me. they were like I mean, now could you have been but... right but then it was a couple days later so they were like was she was it drunk driving was she on something mm-hmm. it doesn't matter right. it's a few days later they can't even check so it doesn't matter yeah yeah which could be why somebody would leave the scene i'm not saying that was but it could be and while paula denies that that was her car she denied being under the influence of alcohol or drugs and like i said doesn't lead to any charges but it does lead to this renewed criticism of paula and these allegations about struggles that she may have had substance abuse issues in the past She even talks in one article I read where she said one time Simon refers to the – remember how they had the Coca-Cola drinks at their table? Like they always Always. Mm -hmm. had the – and he like inferred that maybe it was something different in her her drink, which she said was like not a good idea. So Paul is known on Idol as being kind of quirky. I hate to use this word, but it was used a lot in the media. Ditzy. She's just Mm -hmm. kind of like – the bubbly, maybe doesn't always know what's going on female yeah. of the yeah. group. Yep. It was the early 2000s. They would do that. And so after this information about the car accident uh, comes to light, critics are kind of all over this and saying, is it appropriate for these allegations to be going on? And she has this reckless behavior. And does she have a drinking problem? Is she on pills? All that stuff. But there's an even bigger controversy still to come for Paula that allegedly took place during her time on American Idol. You'll have to tell me if you know of this story. I feel like, okay, your face tells me you're familiar. I know no details, but I feel like maybe she was dating Justin Guarini. And I don't remember how old he was. 
Is that Rebecca's not, here to start a rumor. About? It was not Justin Guarini. Oh, shoot. Oh Who gosh. was it? It's a man by the name of Corey Clark. It's 2005. He comes oh. forward and says he had a romantic entanglement with Paula during his time on the show in 2002, which was three years before. Oh. Yeah. So it's not Justin Guarini. Huh. Um, Why is no. that so cemented in my brain? That's weird. Okay. I don't know, but I feel like I've either heard that or I made that up in my head. Maybe we both made it up. Who knows? Um, That's we're here. Weird. Okay. We're here. Corey to Clark. Conspire. Yes. Corey Clark. Yes. Okay. He claims they had a three month long sexual relationship that Paula takes him under his wing and she basically says, This is season two. Here's how you should should do this. Here's the songs that you should pick. Here's how you should dress. Oh. Here's how you should do your hair to kind of help him in the competition. Yeah. But unfortunately for Corey, this is still early on in the show, but they find out that he has a, an arrest that he did not disclose where he had been in some sort of altercation with his sister and a few police officers. The The details were kind of vague, but okay. he didn't disclose it. And so he ends up being disqualified. I think he was in ninth place, but he was disqualified okay. from the show. Okay. So... One thing that's important to note is that his claims that he and Paula had this relationship came out three years after he says they had a relationship, which happened to be around the same time that he was getting ready to release his self-titled debut album, which includes the smash track Wiggle and Shake and Follow That Back, which had a cameo from Kid of Kid and Play fame in it. Wow. Good for him. And just a fun fact, I don't know where to put anywhere else. When Corey auditioned for American Idol, he actually uh, auditioned with the Michael Jackson song, Never Say Goodbye. So Paula is just full circle. Jackson. Yeah. So Corey's also written an ebook about his affair (laughs) with Paula, alleged affair. And it's got quite the title. Are you ready for this? Hit me. They told me to tell the truth. So dot, dot, dot. The sex, lies, and Paula ticks of one of American's idols. Not the title. Mm-hmm. Not the title. They told me to tell the truth. So dot, dot, dot. That's what you do on a confession. Like you confess to something. Like they told me to tell the truth. So not the Paula ticks. I do like that part though. I was just going to say the politics is they should have led with that. I know the first part. I know. So I don't know if anyone's read it. I did not get this book. I'm sorry. I'm dedicated (laughs) to this show, but even I have my limits. So ultimately, though, the producers investigate these claims by Corey. They find no evidence to support the claims. Paul is super upset about these claims. They're in like season five or six of American Idol at this point. And according to Paula, if Simon Cowell hadn't stood up for her and said, this didn't happen, he's lying, this isn't true, she may have gotten the boot from Idol. Because it was a really big deal to say not only was she having an affair with a contestant, she was a judge. So of course she would let him go through. So she says in response to Simon Cowell, like standing up for her and their relationship, quote, he was extremely distraught and protective and supportive of me when that happened. There's the times when he's like a big brother or a lover. That's – no, you shouldn't – Those are separate. Shouldn't, yeah, someone shouldn't be both. Never One both. or the other. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're talking here. We need it here. 
That's weird. It is. Like, <laughs> there's not like a dot, 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 and later on it says, or a lover. She's like, same breath, or a lover. Right. Same thought. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick question. Do we yeah, know go who ahead. Corey was during his tenure? 24. On- Oh, he was. You might have said that. Sorry. I didn't, but for some reason, I kept it in my brain. I'd like to get rid of that now. So (laughs) our girl Paula is a pretty busy lady. She's doing really well on American Idol, but she is not too busy to star in her own reality show. Rebecca, do you remember her having her own reality show? No. One season, seven episodes. What network do you think it was on? E. No. VH1. No, you're gonna die. MTV? What? No. No. What? 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 Bravo. It was Bravo. Shut your mouth. Shut the back door of Sir. (laughs) I will not shut the back door or Zoom background of Sir. What? It was on Bravo, and it was called "Hey Paula." You know what? Now that you say it, um, I that has come across my computer searches on Wikipedia pages about Bravo. I think over seasons. Oh, okay. Like that, I think I might have seen that on a Wikipedia page. Hey, Paula, one season, what year? Uh, 2007, I think. That's like Pam Anderson's year that I think she, like, give or take that year. What a strange year of these shows. It is. Okay, keep going. This is wild. Yes. So fans are able to look at Paula's busy life outside of Idol. And... The thought I think that Paula had was, this is going to show a fun and lovable side of me. People are going to love me. After all, she's one of the directors and a producer on this show. So keep that in mind. Okay. But instead, here's what Paula had to say about her time on Hey Paula. By the way, I looked. Andy Cohen wasn't like a producer on this. I didn't really recognize the other names, but she was. Here's her quote. I honestly think it was the biggest mistake. It was about celebrating all the many hats that I wore that you don't see on American Idol. It all changed. And then here's my favorite here. So good. When I looked at the tapes, I couldn't believe what I'm seeing. I tell you, I was angry, enraged. I've never been addicted to any prescription drugs. I've never been drunk. I worked my whole life. I sacrificed being a normal girl and not having the ability to have proper relationships, not being able to be a mom, a real mom. I'm very fortunate and feel completely blessed, but I am not the girl that's in those tapes. That is plotting, scheming, editing, and I understand the power of the media, end quote. I'd like to again add that she was a director and a producer of this show. Like executive producer and also other producer. Like, like she wanted this to happen. And if you're like, Melissa, how bad could Hey Paula be? Let's roll one of the most iconic Hit pieces me. of Paula finding out wait. that she had lost a job that she really wanted. I don't even want to tell you what the job is, but go don't. ahead and roll that. Okay. So just before heading to bed, I decided to check my email and I discover an email about the Bratz movie I've been working so hard on. Now all of a sudden, I'm infuriated. What? The most hideous experience for me to go through. How horrible and shit. I can't believe what I'm reading right now. After all of these long months of hard work, I'm getting an email that basically says they really don't need me. And I really scratch my head and I wonder, where's God when you need him? Because this does not make any sense. I mean, I asked to executive produce, choreograph, design the clothing, and 
dolls for the Bratz movie. What am I supposed to do? I love what I do. This was going to be a great project for me to work on. Why all of this other BS takes place is a mystery that I'm always trying to solve. And sometimes I just get too tired trying to figure it out. I get screwed over so much I work so hard. This is not fair. Hey, Paula, been hiding all these tears. Know. I need to watch more. <laughs> the line, where is God? Um, where was God when she gets fired from a live action Bratz, Bratz movie? movie? It's mm -hmm. a mystery she's still trying to solve, but sometimes she's just too tired. She's too tired. I'm trying the to tell shot, a story. The shot of the rolling lip gloss on the table for effect? What? I'd like to think she is behind that directorial uh, decision wild right i am i am shook that is like nothing i have seen maybe she's a monster <laughs> i know well that's the that thing. we didn't she realize ends up, it shows basically her not being so nice to her staff and you know no. people that are working with her yeah i would not put her necessarily in the winsome category no i haven't heard anything that's very winsome worthy i also forgot that she when you mentioned that she was known on the show as like the quote unquote, you know, we're using that language from that time, mm -hmm. like the ditzy kind of quirky one. Right. I forgot about her speech pattern and it gives me mm -hmm. like Kim Richards vibes, yeah. like nervous about what they're going to say next. So truly that is Woo! one of the greatest, just where, where is God when talking about being fired from a live action Bratz? I Bratz. Just, you can't make that up. But like she gave them all this footage. This is not cgi paula she was having these meltdowns and yelling and right all, that was an experience all those things right. happened yeah i'm sure yeah. i mean they do creative editing but you still screamed at those people to yeah, shut the up lip while you were telling the story highlight itself but still i mean <laughs> i love that you picked up on that that's so good so switching gears for a minute in 2008 there was a really scary thing that actually happened to Paula. Um, that year, Paula files a police report with the Hollywood Police Department claiming she's being stalked by this individual who's sending her threatening messages and gifts. Oh, no. Yeah, so according to the reports at this time, the stalker is sending Paula a series of disturbing letters and packages, including uh, a death threat and a picture of a skull. And Paula reportedly becomes increasingly concerned for her safety, and she decides to seek help from law enforcement. So the police department investigate it and find out that there's this woman named Paula Goodspeed. Her birth name is Sandra. So I actually wonder when the change to Paula began. Right. She was a mm -hmm. contestant on the fifth season of American Idol. Oh, that is and scary. So, yeah. And so she had been obsessed with Paula for years, had been sending her letters and gifts and she ends up being charged with stalking and these other offenses. She's supposed to stay away from Paula's home. However, tragically, she's found dead in her car outside of Paula's home in 2008 oh my gosh. in an apparent suicide just days after she sent Paula flowers again. Terrible. That's tragic. Terrifying. And traumatic for Paula and really mm -hmm. sad for that woman's life. That's really, really sad. It's awful. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did not look to see her like footage or anything so yeah because i was like i don't know if i can deal with how they treated her if they were mean to her or anything i don't sure, wanna, sure sure i can't do it 
Yeah. So I'm not really sure how to get out of that whole story. So let's just make the awkward jump and we're just, we're doing it. Okay. (laughs) So in an interview she does with the now defunct Ladies Home Journal in 2009, Paula says that she previously had an addiction to pain medication. She talks about these various surgeries and accidents as to being why she began taking pain medication, which really started out of necessity, but as it can do, became an addiction for her. And there's a quote from the interview where it says, quote, the idle judge wore a patch that delivered a dose of medication approximately 80 times more powerful than morphine, took a nerve medication to relieve her symptoms, and occasionally used a muscle relaxer. But the pain became so severe that it disrupted her sleep and left her acting, quote, weird. This is still part of the quote. Abdul admitted an acknowledgement of the sometimes bizarre behavior she displayed on the American Idol set. So... 2009 ladies hold home journal talks to her she says that she had this pill addiction according to them but here's the controversy of this many times after this paula says i've never been addicted to pain medication what in fact that's the actual quote she said to abc news quote i've never been addicted to prescription drugs okay and that quote is more recently in 2019 so i don't i don't know why ladies home journal would have run with that and then she's I mean, saying the opposite there now a legal like retraction of that statement did she acknowledge saying it at one point but that it was true or is she accusing them of actually i never saw lying. where she accused them but she just says i never was i was never addicted to pain medication yeah so weird yeah so it's kind of hard to tell what story is true if yeah. she originally told the truth and then realized she said too much or if yeah. she never said that But speaking of stories, there is one story that Paula does not like to share. And that's Hmm. the story that she was once in a plane crash. Oh, no. Yeah. In an interview with Yahoo Entertainment, Paula says she doesn't like talking about this plane crash. It took place very early in her career as it was just really taking off. She says her career took years to build. So she was worried if people found out about this plane crash, they would view her as damaged goods if they realized that like, she basically had to take years off of working after this, according to her. Wow. She hasn't given really any more details about the wreck, but she did say there were seven other people on the plane. And she said everyone had varying injuries, but hers was the worst, leading her to have many surgeries. And if you're like, Melissa, I'd like to learn more about this plane crash, get in line, Rebecca, because there's not really any information about it. As in, somehow the feds have no record and neither do any news outlets. And according to Paula, there's a reason for that. Would you like to know that reason? I feel like it's going to be like a weird conspiracy, like someone's hiding it for some reason because of something. She was able to use her celebrity status to keep the story quiet. A story about a plane crash with seven other people. In what year? I mean, it was like early. It was uh, maybe early 90s. So it's possible. But how has nobody ever talked to one of these other people and said, hey, were you involved in a freaking plane crash that does not track that does not track and isn't that like that sentence is just kind of like gross to me to say like i use my celebrity status but like meanwhile you do a hit and run and you get called out on that for what purpose i know i understand i guess this like reputation thing like she's gonna it's gonna come out that she's you know damaged goods or whatever but I don't know. Seven other people on like a very traumatic experience. It's a very weird move if that's what she did. Yeah. It's it's weird. And I watched like an in-depth interview with her talking about it. She's like, I've had several surgeries in my neck, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know why somebody would make it up. 
But right. it's just weird. She's like, there's news articles. I couldn't find anything. And like huh. other articles said, there's nothing. Nobody has any reports of this happening. So maybe she exaggerated a bad, bad landing. I don't know. But anyway, it was just kind of one of these right. weird right. Right. things that are out there in her world. So that same year, Paula decides to leave American Idol. But she wasn't judgeless for long. In September of 2011, she joins in as a judge on the first season of The X Factor USA. And I think that was a season Khloe Kardashian was a host. Do you remember? She like hosted something for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Mario Lopez. I don't. Sometimes like when facts like this pop in my head, I'm like, how did you even get here? Get out. I don't need to keep that in there. Trust myself. Yeah. (laughs) The X Factor is one of these shows. It did really well in the UK, but it's another one of these like talent contests if you haven't seen it. And it's created by Simon Cowell. So as a judge on The X Factor, Paula is known for her positive and nurturing approach with contestants, which you love. And I don't know, but like you don't like when they run them down. So we'll take that. She also formed close bonds with some of the contestants and became known for her emotional reactions to their performances. Okay. But it wasn't without controversy. She reportedly clashed with fellow judge Nicole Schrezinger. I never know how to say her name, but she's from the Pussycat Dolls. Um, Oh, yeah. On several occasions. And then there was even rumors of her having arguments with her brother lover, Simon Cowell. Um, <laughs> do we call that a blubber? Yeah. It's a, a blunder. <laughs> Despite the drama, Paula remains a popular figure on the show and she continued to be a mentor to many of the contestants. She appeared on The X Factor for one season before departing the show in January of 2012. And after that, we really don't hear much from her. Until 2016, when Paula performs a full headline set for the first time in 26 years at the Mixtape Festival in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Where were you during the Mixtape Festival in Hershey, Pennsylvania? I I missed the memo. Didn't make it. You didn't get your tickets? Might have enjoyed it. Like if she was going through her greatest hits and Hershey PA is not that far and I have family here. And she like did some like pink level thing where she like went like this and like went out over the crowd for yeah yeah. it was it was brief um she also toured with new kids on the block and boys to men in 2017 definitely would have done that and that was her first real tour in 25 years and paula stated that there was like many reasons that she decided to return to the stage after really two decades she said quote i took a long break and had sustained some injuries in the past Then I returned to television with American Idol, and that took up a good decade of my life. Then I went on to do some more television, hey Paula, as well. (laughs) I always wanted to get back on stage because I missed it. I wanted to get back in close contact with the people who have supported me throughout my career and be able to see them again. Plus, I was getting asked all the time if I would ever do it again. I finally said, you know what? I want to, and I'm going to make it a priority. I'm passionate about it, and it's fun, and I want to connect with my friends around the country, end quote. Sorry, what? No, I interrupted. I was just saying, um, give the people what they want, Paula. I know. It was a very long quote. I just love that she's like, people are always asking me, so I have to make it a priority. What if we always ask her about season two of Hey, Paula? Will she make it a priority? What if we always make her show receipts from the plane crash? That's mean. So, Rebecca, all this leads me to one question. In the words, maybe, of our great friend, MC Scat Cat, Rebecca, <laughs> straight up now tell me, do you actually know Paula Abdul 
No, I, I, I'm going <laughs> to, no, I don't feel like I know her. I feel like that leaves a lot of questions. I feel like getting to know her, I've gotten to know her and now I have more questions. She's not okay. who I thought she was. Boy, here's the thing. I don't have any answers for you because I'm just as confused as you are. But I feel like I learned some stuff and most of oh, that no. is, I don't know. Yeah, everything I learned just want, makes me want to understand more. It's kind of, it's sad. I mean, it's always, these stories are always sadder than you realize they will right. be. Like when you get through it, yeah. You know, I mean, it sounds like she does have some chronic pain or injuries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She's copped to that. Whether or not she's managed them with a medication, we don't know. Um, but that's hard in the profession she's in. For sure. And I'm sure she was, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel confused by her now. I feel like no, she's that's a good way to messages. feel. Yeah. Confused. That's the story uh, of um, Paula Abdul. Confused. And I would have put money on the fact that it was with Justin Guarini and not Corey Clark. I know. We got to Google that because there has to be something to it. We can't have I, like Mandela affected ourselves that way. I just don't believe it. I feel like maybe he went on the record about a quote about it or something and maybe in my mind I just conflated the two mm -hmm. okay well the first headline is Justin G comes clean on relationship with Paula there we go yeah this says also Justin Guarini dated her uh the next one says he didn't sleep with her okay I guess we're not counting it then sorry in sister wives you can't yeah <laughs> you haven't left somebody unless you've slept with somebody new there you go all right well you didn't make it up so that's good to know um allegedly um rebecca you know what i'd like to do get play her first album her <laughs> out of my head and um i'd like to hear about something you've been watching this week okay first of all i just want to say that watch keeping up with bravo is a full-time job right now it really is and i'm doing it i've got you know Jersey started, Potomac just ended, Summer House and VPR are back. So it's it's a full um, week. Yeah. So I haven't watched a ton other than Shrinking, which we've already talked yes. about and discussed. But I did start to watch something because I got so curious about it because I didn't know anything about it. So Ooh. it's um, a short Netflix series and your clues are South Carolina, Trial, Boat. Ooh, you watched the Murdoch. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. It's Murdoch called Family? Murdoch Murders an American Scandal. Oh. Because okay. I know you've been watching the trial or you were when it was yeah. going on and everybody I know was. And normally I am so in on a story and a trial that big, but I couldn't find my way in because I didn't get in early enough. So I felt so lost. So yeah. I'm so grateful to just have the Netflix show because I'm like, I just need to go in and hear like an overall narrative. Mm -hmm. Um. And I thought the three-part series was really good. It inspired me to go watch the HBO one, yeah. mm -hmm. which has a different point of view. I like both of them. They're different. The Netflix one focuses a lot on the kids, on Paul Murdoch and his friend okay. and the night on the boat. It starts on the night Mallory Beach falls off the boat and goes and is killed. And it's right. so sad. The HBO one focuses a bit more on the death of, I don't want to get his name wrong. Paul? Stephen Smith. Oh, Stephen Smith. Yes, it's Stephen Smith. That is such a sad parallel story that nobody in the Murdoch family, by the way, has been charged with, but there's right. like a lot of rumors. And so it covers a lot of that. And I liked that that one featured that story because it's yeah. easy for that to get lost. I won't even go into like the main Murdoch stuff. We know um, 
he was just sentenced to yeah. life in prison for the murder of his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul. It's the most twisted, messed up story, true crime story I've seen or heard in a long time. Yeah. And was it you I was texting with saying, I think this might be like trial the new of the crime century. of the century. Yeah. Yeah. The new trial of the century for the 2000s. Like, I mean, this story had everything, including like opioid addiction, many murders, so many dead bodies, insurance policies, wealth, scandal, politics. Like it has everything. It does. And um, it's weird and sad. And that family freaks me out. Yeah, it's wild how much somebody could get away with for so long because he wasn't <sighs> even great at covering his tracks. No. But then in that sense, it reminded me of Tom um, Girardi where it was kind of like once one thing comes out, like, like it all kind of <laughs> – I know. I was like – A little – on a much right, smaller scale. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was wild. So right. I knew right. – I listened to podcasts early on about it. Like when it started really happening, like when his wife and son were killed, I was like, what is this? What is going on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it just got more and more – like the more I learned about it, the more I was like, are you kidding me? There's so more, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really watch the trial until um, like the week he was called on to the stand. He yeah. decided to take the stand. And Which it was – crazy all-encompassing like that's all I just like literally have my phone listening to it I wasn't watching it but yep. I was listening yep. to it doing going about my day and then sure. we literally went from that right into the Tom Scandaval or right Tom Scandaval I know. of it all and I just I need a break I just it's I need funny. these people to get their lives right just hear my reality tv thread and I have a true crime text thread and mm -hmm. that group messaged me and was like what is Vanderpump Rules and who is Tom Sandoval? <laughs> and like, why is my TikTok all about it? I need right. to stop. And I'm like, I don't know, but this is the first thing to drown out like the Murdoch conversation, truly. And it they were is. like, yeah, exactly. And I don't like it. It was so funny. Aww. It was just like two different reactions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I watched that. I did take a, a Sunday and I watched both <laughs> because yeah. it was just like, what happened? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was surprised I remember you weren't, them. you didn't know it until like, because I, I figured I would ask you and you would know everything about it. Terrible, terrible what happened. Yeah. Um, what were you watching? And was it much lighter? Because it was so much lighter. Dark. Well, Tell yeah, me. mine was lighter. I've only been able to watch one other thing because of the Bravo of, of it all. I mean, TikTok yeah. doesn't count. And that's all I've been watching. And you've put in your time. Yeah, yeah. I've done the work. Okay, so yeah. mine three netflix mm -hmm. comedy special oh. live netflix live comedy special i mean there's always so many has amy schumer done a new one no but amy nobody's done a live one like this on netflix that i can think oh, of oh okay think of the a slap heard live... across the world last year oh it was chris rock it was a chris rock one yes yes how was it it was it, Great. It was a uh, selective yeah. outrage. He just does a great job. He's a great, uh, <laughs> he, he, I don't know. He just can make me laugh like no one yeah. else. He's just got a different s sense of humor. And yep. um, of course, I always loved him on SNL. I love his friendship with like Adam Sandler and um, David Spade and all of them. Like I yep. all, I think of all of them kind of together. And, sure. uh, and it was live. So that was cool because there was one point in the, in the uh, special where he messed up a joke and he goes, I messed that up. And then he said it again. And it's like, 
Wow. And like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, wow, it has to be, I can't imagine remembering that much material. And then, you know what I mean? Like, because I don't know, like, that's just so much to have in your brain and the timing and the everything and like, just what a real talent that is to be able to absolutely put on a show like that and to keep people engaged and of course a lot of people watched it because they wanted to hear about the will smith part of it all and um and that was like the last 10 minutes but i was telling someone else like halfway through i'd forgotten that i was even waiting for the will smith you know that story to happen so i was like he just did a really good job he talked some about his family and i don't know i i enjoy him it's not for everybody but i really oh i'll watch it yeah, I like it. Also, that moment where he, you know, had to like reset. You realize how produced those other Netflix shows, the the totally are, and they're mm-hmm. done so well, and I enjoy them. And but they're you, done like you do know nights. that they have takes, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a director, and it's like orchestrated. But um, but yeah, for him just to go up there and do that all, and that you forgot about wanting the Will Smith part Mm -hmm. says a lot about how good he was right because it wasn't Um, like I'll totally watch that yeah at first I was like when's he gonna get to it and I'm glad he didn't do the thing where he kind of teased it all along he may have teased like one time but then that would have kept it in my head that that's what I I, like really wanted to hear that but just hearing all of it and then realizing like oh my gosh there's only 10 minutes left and then it comes out and you're like he's a master Mm -hmm. yeah he's one of the master at his craft that's exactly absolutely Speaking of masters at their craft, the other thing before I remembered that I watched the Murdochs, I was mm-hmm. going to say I was just rewatching. I'm just rewatching Thirty Rock from the beginning oh, and like so falling good. asleep to Thirty Rock, which I just do periodically. It's the only show I can like almost always go back to at any season, any episode, and just be thrilled to be there. Yes, um, I'm obsessed. They are masters. They are masters. They are all so good. Yeah, um, so you can't everything. go wrong. I absolutely, I need to do a new 30 Rock uh, rewatch. It just, it's, it kills me. I highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I can't, you can't even keep up with the jokes. Like, no, I always think I'll remember it. like it. He's always like, it's, <laughs> it's too like, fast. I'm like, oh, it God. is so fast. Grow up, so old man. Um, no, I love it. But Rebecca, what I really want to know is what oh, are your clues you? for the next episode? This is the best I could do for the clues. Okay. You're going to get it. Podcast. Uh, you've said that for months, by the way, and I haven't gotten one. Well, Go because ahead. you always do. One way or another, sooner or later. Yeah. Okay. Podcast, hats, basketball. Podcast, hats, basketball? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I, I know. know. I'm I know excited. Know. Okay. Well, I'll get there. We haven't done one from there. I'm excited. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Be good. Good. Yeah, it was time. There was there is there's one thing I needed answered in that story, and yeah, I'm gonna find it. So I'm excited. Good. So then let's do it in two weeks, and we will be back with that new episode. And don't forget to check out the Scandaval merch. We'll post it on our Instagram. It'll be on our website, criminalityshow.com. And you can always listen to Melissa on Tuesdays on her other podcast, Moms and Mysteries, which was shouted out by an actress you might know named Jenna Ortega on the Armchair Expert podcast earlier this week, which was such a thrill. Wasn't that really so sweet? It was. I was more thrilled for you. Um <laughs> because I know I you heard love it that show. and like yeah. I do love that show and I it really I already have a parent what is it called? A parasocial relationship 
with right. that podcast. Like mm-hmm. I think I am part of it somehow. So when they mentioned your podcast, I'm like, yeah, of course they're mentioning yeah. my friend's yeah. podcast. Sure. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> um, so that was thrilling. But yeah, you can also listen to that one on Tuesdays. And we thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.